Welcome to it. It is What's Involved. And uh, as we do each and every Monday night, uh, we talk to some of the finest minds in our country and indeed uh, throughout the world. This guest of mine, though, has been, has been very... Uh, how do I how do I describe very coy in 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 who he is? So uh, we just we're going to have to explore a little bit. Uh, please welcome my special guest. How are you, Billy Silakani? Ah, uh, thank you very much, David. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. And then, I mean, I, and I wasn't joking when I said you're a difficult man to get stuff out of because <laughs> I mean, professionally, you've done. You know, normally I have I have a list that I write down, yeah. and and I ran out of place because of all of your accolades. Yeah, man, yes, and, yeah, and absolutely. Got so much stuff is crazy. <laughs> I sometimes feel very very shy to even tell people if I get anything new because I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if it if it's more than an A4 page, we can't talk about Billy. Um, but at the moment, um, you you are predominantly. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a speaker. Yes, I am, yeah. Um, and you speak on, on various topics, all centered around entrepreneurship, though, in one way or another. And inspiration, yes. But there's also been a shift in the sense that uh, through the years, I've been uh, trying to answer the question uh, from both corporates, entrepreneur, and individuals, why people are not motivated. And it took me to one direction around culture because a lot of people work for organizations that have got toxic culture and toxic leaders. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I have now taken time and acquired the expertise of being a organizational culture expert. And I've, I've done quite a few big interventions around the world on the subject. And mm-hmm. uh, yes, and my, I've, got, I've got three books coming up. One is going to be personal. One is going to be very corporate, which will be talking about the culture itself. And the other one is going to be a very simple motivational book. So. You see, we, initially when we talked about this, it was one book. Now there's three. And, and, and I mean, just, just from what I've, I've heard about you and people have said and I've, I've looked up, I mentioned uh, before we went on air that uh, every time I have a guest, I do a bit of cyber stalking uh, beforehand. Um, but you're an incredibly busy man. <laughs> I mean, I need to clone myself very soon. You 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 do a lot, a, a lot yeah. of the time. So yeah. let's let's set the scene for 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 those people that are listening. I mean, um, we're talking to Billy Salakani, international speaker, about to be an author. Um, no, I am a best-selling author. I did you've I, done I do have two, so much? Two already? Books. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, I've got two best-selling books. Good one published crazy. in 2004, yeah. which was a personal one, and another one published in 2014 with a group of 18 American uh, entrepreneurs. I was the only African in that book. It's called Breaking Through. became a number one on Amazon and a bestseller in the US. Yeah. Well, there you go. You see, yet more things. So let's start <laughs> right at the very beginning. Uh, yeah. You're a Josie boy. I am a Tembisa boy. When, uh-huh. I'm, when I'm saying Josie, people who think I'm from Soweto. No, I'm from Tembisa. Uh-huh. Not too far from here. So <laughs> I'm a Tembisa boy through and through. Yeah, let's not confuse. Let's not confuse matters, <laughs> because then people might claim I'm from Soweto. No, I'm from Tembisa. <laughs> All right, and 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 you know, born in Tembisa, yeah. um, do I go out on the limb and, and guess it? And that we're of an age. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I look very young. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you you were born in Tembisa, yeah. and and it was it was back in the bad old days oh, i no, mean it was back it, in the dark old days and and in in the dark old days timbisa was not the safest place to be oh yes um, oh, yes. N- never mind, you know, with, with all of the kind of the racial stuff, you know, yep. like a white boy doesn't go in there. Yep. I never got that memo, though. Yep. It was, I was just <laughs> weird like that. Um, but, uh, you know, 
you come from there. Yeah. Uh, um, so already, and, and a lot of the millennials and, and people that, that didn't experience those times yeah. don't understand. They don't, they don't have they a clue what we went through. Do not get what the level of challenge was yeah. just to be able to get an education. Absolutely. Not even a very good one because yeah, I mean, of our, the quality. I mean, I mean, I was telling people that the national government spent 247 rands on a white kid's education and only about 45 or 47 rands on a black kid's education. Yeah. So you, you, can, you can do the numbers. It was quite the worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. Not only was the education very terrible, also the living standards. We lived in four-room houses. We used markets mm -hmm. for abolition. Yeah. So it was like... It was almost like a concentration camp, quite quite literally. I think yeah. it was. Mm -hmm. I think it was created to to really dampen and destroy the spirit of, of humanity. You know, yeah. you people are dehumanized and and there was abject poverty. And the sad thing about it is, then people normalized it. You know, you either accepted that this is your lot, mm. and I was the rebel. I never accepted it. I just said no. This is unacceptable. I, I I just never believed that human beings should live this way. And it was quite strange because as a young kid, already having that kind of a, a mindset that says. This is not how life is lived. Was quite challenging in a society that says, "Listen, this is how things are accepted." You know, mm. so yes, and so you had a, a a dichotomous environment. You had, you know, guys, the men about town, the thugs. Yeah. Then you've got political activists. Then you've got very religious people. So you either you chose where you belonged. Either you were a thug, you became a political activist, or you became religious. No, and from the little I know of you, you decided not not one of those three. I decided on the political part. Okay. But it didn't last for very long. Yeah. Well, it lasted for quite a bit until I got to a place where I started asking uncomfortable questions again. Because I'm the guy that always asks questions. You know, I don't mm -hmm. like to accept things the way they are. Yeah. And for me, the biggest question that I used to ask my fellow comrades was, what is our plan the day after? Mm. And people never seem to be knowing what we're going to do the day after. Yeah. Because I said to them, we've, we've built a very powerful collective and communal way of doing things, but ultimately we're going to become responsible adults and responsible individuals. What are we going to do individually to, to build ourselves up and become uh, contributory members of society? And that was a difficult question that many people did not expect. And it started getting me very uncomfortable within that place. And then eventually I decided, listen, I'm, I'm just going to walk. And I walked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is it, it it is a tough place. It was a tough place to be because yeah. I mean it was it was came, came from very much a struggle revolutionary environment, yeah. Yeah. and and that question is a very difficult question because yeah. if that's all you know, that's what you've done. You yeah. th that's been the goal. Yes, you reach the goal and then you go oh, okay. Now what? Exactly. For me, that was the fundamental question. You know? uh -huh. yeah. So so you you did the school thing study. Well, I did the school thing, and I usually say that I had the worst metric results. By far, probably I'm the record holder of the worst mathematical paper ever written in a trick. <laughs> and I usually say it was not my fault. It was the guys who were correcting my papers were not very perceptive and very visionary. So that's why they gave me low marks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I had an S in metric. Mm -hmm. S means school living. It means yeah. you and education are yeah, yeah. separate. You can't, you can't mix anymore, you know. And, uh, and yeah, the, it was very interesting times because, again, yeah, you are your friends are smiling all the way to university and you can't go. What do you do? Mm -hmm. The beauty about it is I've always been an entrepreneur of some sort, you know, survival and whatever. Be Actually, it's funny. I almost saw myself as a DIY kid because I was never the one that would ask my parents to do stuff for me. I was always the guy that says, how can I add value and get money? There was always someone with money who was so, lazy to do something. So from that age already, how yeah. can I add value? Because yeah. this is critical in, in where we're going, I yeah. believe. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I've always, I've always said, there's somebody who's got money, 
who is either lazy or has a problem they can't solve. If I can find what that problem is, help them solve it, they'll give me the money. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think at the age of eight, nine or so, I started what you would call a VIP protection uh, business, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, because uh, townships were demarcated by languages. But once in a while, there'll be an intermarriage. One Zulu get married to a Sutu, and they have to shift places, but the kid had to go to a Sutu school. And they had to navigate their way through different sections, and they would be beaten up, money would be taken from them, you know, books would be taken. And at that time, I was a martial artist, and I was known, you know. So I then sold protection in my name. I said, if you, are, if, if you give me this amount of money, I'm going to give you my name, and nobody's going to touch you, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and it was a good business, but uh, it was cut short because at that time, uh, I remember my uh, there was a big hearing, you know, at school, the principals and everybody, and I was called a crook. <laughs> How can I crook other people? And I said to them, I'm offering a service. Yeah. You know, without me, these kids won't make it to school. Yeah. You know. They don't have to take it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So it was kind of strange, yes. But I've always been the kind of guy that said, if you can add value, you can extract it in return. Mm hmm Yeah. All right, so so then moving on from the the protection, what did mm -hmm. you? I'm I'm interested to know because you've got you're going to have to help me out here because I couldn't <laughs> remember all of them. You're a past president of the Professional Speakers Association, yeah. okay, yeah. which in and of itself is a very high accolade. It is, but yeah. you've got international recognition. Yeah. You've got South African. I mean, the list <laughs> I told you is over a page long. So so how did this journey to 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 where Billy Silicone is today start? Well, I, I think once I asked that question about the day after, mm -hmm. that's when everything began to change in my mind because I realized that ultimately our, your greatest weapon is the power of your thought processes. If you can learn how to think and use your brain, you become an unstoppable. So just that sense of knowing, again, the question was, then what? Mm. Now you, you've got this realization, but then what? And I remember... I went to a, a library in Kempton Park and I was so, you know, uh, hungry to learn something. And I, I said to these ladies, you know, I want something to learn. And they, they gave me two books that literally changed my life. Mm -hmm. The first book was The Power of Positive Thinking, Dr. Norman Vincent Pierre. And the second book was the was the Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Do you know how weird that is? I was actually, uh, Bob Proctor released yeah. uh, a movie. Yeah. Uh, think and go rich the yeah. movie so yeah. it was and i was actually watching the movie today wow that's amazing so yeah. what a book it is it's yeah. actually i say to people you don't stop reading it no, no i no. have it in my desk in my in my home office mm -hmm. you don't stop reading you don't stop reading that book but this is this is the what they say because it's a little book i mean yeah. it, you look at it and you go it took mm -hmm. the man 25 years to write it really yeah but it is so deep on it's so deep. many levels exactly it's, it's a powerful book Okay, so that's on your desk. You, you I, I visit it over and over again. I mean, there are two books that I, I revisit, and, and one of them, each one I go to it, it makes me feel so guilty. The other one is The Richest Man in Babylon. Ah, oh, lovely story. Powerful. Little book like this. Yes, If you can just story. follow those seven principles, your life, there's no way that your life will stay the same. Yeah. Just, just impossible. I've, I've got an, an audio dramatization of that yeah. book, and yeah. it is absolutely brilliant. It is Love amazing. It. Love it. Okay, so that got you going. And then yeah. what? Then business-wise? I tell you what, let's come back yeah. and then we'll chat more about uh, your business. It is Mix FM 93.8, some legendary radio for you. On a Monday night, my special guest in studio is Billy Salakani. We're back with Billy. So uh, you, you were in trouble for your, your, your protection services. Yeah. Um, uh, we talked about matric. Yeah. And then uh, you were kind of 
you said you'd gone to the library or life had been yes, changed. Yeah. What did you do from then, though? Because, you know, we, we were joking off-air, and yeah. I often say we should actually take the, 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 the outtakes of the show, the off-air yeah. stuff, and I should mm-hmm. publish that as well. Because <laughs> that's yeah. some of the most fun. I mean, yeah. um, you, were, you were saying that, uh, you know, you've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been. And absolutely. you've always... So now you're at this sort of pivotal time of your life. Yeah. You've read these books. Things are changing. No, things are not changing yet. I've read the books. I know the content. I speak about it. And everybody thinks I'm on drugs. Everybody thinks I must change my supplier. He's <laughs> going to get me killed. Because the stuff I'm talking about never happens in South Africa. You know? And if, you know, and then you push so hard. And when there's a big current against you, eventually you sort of give in. Yeah. So for some time, I just, you know, let me just be this normal guy. But before I became a, I tried this normal thing. I tried it for five years and it didn't work. So... Me and my friends, we then decided we were going to start a business, five of us. Four of them were employed. I was the one who was unemployed. So I became the, the MD of this company. It was called uh, Extravagant Entertainment Extravagance something. We literally took the concept of the Rain Easter show yes. and made it smaller for the township. That's what we did. Yeah, and we, just, that's, that's one of those ideas that you think, why didn't I have that idea? Brilliant yes. idea. Yes. Brilliant idea. We took a year. So we, the whole year we were pitching, getting, you know, signing up people to, be, to buy stalls, companies to come in, blah, blah, blah. And this one was going to happen in December. But I promise you, <laughs> so all this time I was telling people at, in January next year, I'm going to be multimillionaire, guys. And people did not even know what a millionaire was. I said to them, I'm going to make millions because I, we, had, we, had, we had a plan, we had calculated, we knew that this thing was going to be an explosion. Mm-hmm. But a day before we launched, 12 people were massacred in a taxi in Ogmore, in Tembisa. Ooh. Oh my God! It was like, like somebody took my in my my insights and threw them out there, and I. Do, it was devastating. And the NC came to us, and everybody said, "Guys, you can't do this." It was the time of the IFE and the NC. Yeah. They said, "You can't do. You've got to. You've got to cancel the show, because guys are gonna come and shoot and whatever." Yeah. Hey man, the stakes were too high. People had paid money. We had, we had, uh, you know, this amusement park set up, and it was a big thing, man. And I just said to guys, guys, if you want to bail out, you can bail out. Everybody knows me. They don't know you. This show will live and die on me. We're yeah. going ahead with the show. Yeah. Went ahead with the show. But of course, because of the fear that has been instilled by the matters of those people, the numbers just did not, did not happen. Yeah. And ultimately, that became a monumental failure. You know, And like I'm saying, I was the guy that everybody knew and my four partners nobody knew. I had to be the guy that went to fend all the fires on people oh. who owed money, the sound system guys. Oh my God, it was, it was a disaster. And from then onwards, this wave, then people said, listen, Charlie, man, get a job, man. What's wrong with you? You know? <laughs> <laughs> now you sound like my dad. He always used to ask me, when am I going to get a real job? Yes, I mean, and, and, and you know, through the years, I'm trying this and I'm trying this and I'm trying that. But people said, man, get, I said, okay, fine, let me get a job. Then I went and looked for a job and I got a job as a merchandiser in a company which was called Gilby's, which is now called Brand House. Ah, yes, I used to yeah. do quite a bit of work with Brand but House. When I got there, I mean, I was there for five years. I became a merchandiser. From being a merchandiser, I became a sales rep. From being a sales rep, I became a trade marketing manager. From being a trade marketing manager, I became an, an, an acting area sales manager. And at that time, my hunger for being independent and my hunger for really pursuing what I knew was a gift that I was given to inspire people and transform them was so big and so overwhelming that I eventually resigned. I just I just resigned and people thought I was I was crazy. And mm-hmm. I just decided, you know what? I either spend all my life regretting what I could have been 
or I go out there and take a leap of faith and follow this dream that I wanted to pursue of being a top international speaker that can inspire people to become the best that they have to become. And I resigned. It was crazy, man. When I resigned, it was a big hoo-ha. My parents came to my place and there was a meeting. My father says, these guys, they gave you a company car. You were living a nice life. What's, what are you going to do now? Yeah, you, were living, said, you were living what your parents, I mean, that was their dream. I was the man in the township. Yeah. I was in the liquor industry. Everybody, I was the man about town, driving company car, credit cards, in, entertainment, soccer games. Everything was working. And I just pulled the plug. And it was a big cultural shock. My father said, what are you going to do with your life? How are you going to feed your kids? And I remember I tell my father, I'm going to become a motivational speaker. So my father says, what is a motivational speaker? I said, no, I'll be speaking and inspiring people from companies and all over the world. Then my father says, how are you going to do that? So I says, no, I'll be speaking. And he says, and they're going to pay you. And I said, yes. And I said, I've been speaking all my life. Nobody pays me. What <laughs> gives you the illusion that somebody's going to pay you? But already the, the, you know, the horses had bolted. I'd made this decision and I was never going back. So that was my entry into the speaking uh, uh, business. Yeah. And I never looked back. I just... It was a crazy, crazy journey. It still is a crazy journey. It's 20 years ago. I mean, 20, but, 19 years ago. It's going to be 20 years. What are saying? Years. I mean, yeah. and, and you've certainly racked up the, the, the accolades for it. And oh, I mean, yes. um, there's there's more than a couple of, of, of clips and, and uh, yeah. video of you yeah. um, at some of these events. And yeah, I mean, well, I'm, officially, I'm the, I'm the highest ranking professional speaker on the continent. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so yes, I've done, I've, I've done amazing things. I mean, I've done, sometimes when people remind me, I always laugh and say, oh, yes, I've done that. You know, I've been on that stage i've been in that country and i've done i mean i've been in over 34 countries I've, I've, I've done my bit you know as a speaker and contributing back to the community as well is very important let's talk about that a little bit when we come back my special guest uh, in studio top international speaker it is billy selecane special guest in studio billy selecane so the story of yours continues and and Absolutely. the things that you do and the passion that you have um so now you're talking all over the all over the world. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and you've gotten all of these accolades. I yeah. mean, congratulations on your <laughs> overnight success. Um, you know, in some people's I've minds, got one year to go. I've got one year. It takes twenty years to become an overnight success. Oh, next yeah, so year, I'm going to be year. twenty years in this business. Then I'm going to be an overnight success. And then you're going to be able to <laughs> relax. <laughs> but you do. You, you do so much and you're very passionate about it. Um, I've had a couple of guys uh, in studio over the last little while because um, we're talking Africa and, and, and you know, how, how I believe and I think you believe that mm. Africa and indeed the entire African continent, yeah. it, it should be the powerhouse of the world. Yes, we're 1.2, over 1.2 billion people. You know, we, we, should, we should be right at the forefront of stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. I mean, if you look at the competition, I mean, let's mm. be honest, America, psst, yeah. look who they voted in for president. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> let's not get on, mm. get on there. But what is your message to, to people? When, you, when you're on stage, what are you, what are you telling them? Because you, you mentioned culture very early on. Yeah. And um, I've had uh, a couple of people speaking on culture on the mm. show. Colin Brown, a mm. uh, guy from Happy Sandpit, yeah. you may be aware of Colin. Yeah. Um, and it seems like, to me, intuitively, as South Africans, mm. as Africans, mm. there, there is this underlying culture. This is where the whole Ubuntu thing came from. Yeah. Why are we battling so much in corporates? Well, I think, you know, we've got to be honest about things and just call them as they are. We've got corporates that are steeped in Eurocentric thinking operating in an African context. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of difficult. So in the European mind or the Eurocentric way of thinking is I have to make profits by all means necessary. Yes. It's cutthroat and kill this competition, do this kind of things. In Africa, you see the word economy, the simplest definition of the word economy is the management of scarce resources, which is kind of crazy. Who said resources are scarce? 
Yeah. Africa will speak about an ecosystem. So if if business can can understand that there's enough money for everybody, that no one company can finish money. You can't finish money. Nee. You know, you cannot. So I'll give an example. The late Hap Keller was a fan of Southwestern Airline, the most profitable airline on planet Earth. Says this and said this that the business of business is people. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So every organization has to understand that key to their success is the essence of humanity, is human beings. Now, as South Africans, I think we need to go through a very powerful transformational process that will shift us from becoming uh, glorified consumers to becoming focused producers. Mm. Because we consume a lot of things to produce very little, quite honestly. And and that that has to do with thinking patterns you know people have been taught to to find themselves in things people have not been taught the power and the essence of the human spirit that you are a human being mm -hmm. you know you are this spirit that's having a, a a fleshly experience or a physical experience that things can't define you you know so sadly in this country cars houses expensive watches jewelry and all those things people chase those things because there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an illusion that those things will elevate them. And that's a very, very important word you just used. Yeah. Illusion. illusion. Because it is an it illusion. It is an illusion. Yeah. Once we can teach our children, and, and also we have to unlearn these kind of habits. Hmm? You know, I, I say to people, when, you know, one of the things that I always say to guys, when you have not seen your friend for five years or seven years or ten years, mm -hmm. sadly, when they see you, it's, oh, David, how are you doing, man? So what car are you driving? Yeah, very much so. And I said, oh, no, nice. I don't drive cars. I've got a jet. You don't talk cars anymore. I've got, I'm yeah. talking private jets. Yeah. So if, we change, if, if, if a man who has not seen you for five years sees you, the question should be asking, says, hey, man, how are you? So how's your wealth? How's your impact project? What are you doing to impact the world differently? Have you made a change? Exactly. And once we begin to think and, and have a conversation around that, then we'll, we'll, we'll plant the seeds of, of, of a different thought pattern. Because if you look at countries like Singapore. Singapore has got nothing but human beings. Yeah. They spend so much money and so much time on personal development because they know when it comes down to it, develop your people. Mm -hmm. Now let's look into Africa. Let's look at Rwanda. 25 years ago there was a genocide. 25 years now into this place that we're in, the economy of Rwanda is growing at 7.2% year on year. They are the cleanest uh, country in the continent. The crime is almost unheard of. Uh, private schools are closing down because the public schools have got their act together. They are the first country to launch a satellite to make internet accessible to people that live in the most remote of areas. Hold on. We're talking Rwanda. Rwanda. Now, not, not now. Yeah. There's, there's the the Wi-Fi in Rwanda is... We think we've got speed here. Yeah, go to Rwanda. Then you'll understand what speed is on, on your Wi-Fi. Even a taxi. When you get into a cab, the taxi driver will give you a password for his Wi-Fi. In but, Rwanda now, it's happening now. It's not. It's not some dream and some some illusion. But but everybody has always said South Africa, South Africa. I don't think so, hey. No, I think the challenge that we have in South Africa is everything is politics. Mm. You know, and and I always tell people this funny thing, and I say to them that as a country, not as political parties. Because the constitution of this country does not say we EFF, we ANC says we the people of South Africa. Yeah. That's what it says. We have to decide what are the 15 or 10 fundamental challenges that we need to solve 
to create a counter that can compete with Singapore, a counter that can compete with Malaysia, a counter that can compete with Korea. Once we find what those 10 things are, we must then depoliticize the implementation of solving these problems. Once we can do that, we'll be able to, but everything is political. Mm. You know, and government, you know, I, I mean, uh, ministers come five years or they get fired and the new minister comes and got his own new strategic plan. We're strategic planned out. There's too many strategic planning things, too many turnaround strategies, but none of them are effective because we're thinking five years. We're not thinking 50 years or 100 years. Yeah. You know how true that is, though, because and we don't seem to realize it because I've had it do um, when I was living in Pumlanga. I dealt quite a lot with local government there. Yeah. And the guys who are employed, they yeah. are employees are some of the most passionate, dedicated people yeah. you will ever meet. Yeah. And even they go, listen, dude, every four years, yeah. something changes. Yeah. We don't know if we're now going to get swept out yes, and if there's new going to be. And, and those are the people. And it's, it is. It's, it's a sad, and I'm not ashamed to say this, it's a sad set of affairs, but I believe politics in our country has failed us. Exactly. And if you look at China, do you think China walks around with five-year plans? They don't. Yeah, they got, don't. And got. every president who gets to become a president in China becomes a president on top of an agenda, of a national Chinese agenda. I was, I was hearing somebody was saying that these Chinese have got, they don't do like one year plan, five year plan, 10. It's like no. 25, 50, 100, 100 year, year plan. Why, why can't we do it? Why, why is it difficult for us as a nation to say what kind of South Africa do we want to see in 50, in 50 years from now? Yeah. And let's bring it forward and start. You know, the National Development Plan, mm. even some of the ministers don't know what it says. Yeah. Because it's like a secret document that is hidden somewhere done by some clever people who it's crazy because it's not it's not communicated as a South African thing. It's a it's pushed by a particular thought in the particular organization. Yeah. It's not a national thing. So mm. I'm thinking that as a nation, but but David, we have to begin in the beginning. And the beginning is we have to define what it means to be South African. We don't have a definition. Mm. We, don't, we don't have values. We don't have, we don't have a set of, we don't have these five values that if me and you get into an argument, I say, David, what you've just said is un-South African. We yes. don't have it. Yeah. We, we do not have South African pride. Yes. Um, there's people that are very proud to be South Africans, yeah. but as a national pride, it, yeah. I mean, I knock the US all the time, but look at, look at how patriotic those yeah. people yeah. are. Yes. You know, and it's because, you know, they've got this country and they've got a unified... Is their country perfect? Hell no. No, it's not. But I think they, we but, could do but, way but better. Exactly, but I mean, I read a sad story about a young guy who won idols and he died of depression because he was going around doing gigs and he was not getting paid and those kind of... And then waited on him and he passed away sadly. Now, how do we allow such things to happen in this country? Hmm. Because in, in South Africa, we have allowed... Excuse me, I'm, a, I'm just going to say it. I hope they're not going to take me to the broadcast commissioner. We have allowed stupid to become powerful in this country. We have allowed idiocy to become the order of the day. So idiots in this country are the ones that are getting airspace everywhere, on radio, on television, and newspapers. Idiots. Mm. But people that are powerful, that are really contributing to this nation, they are relegated to a small little story in the middle of the newspaper. Yeah. They never get radio airtime, they never get television airtime. Yeah. I think we've got to go back and say to, to ourselves as a country, we've got to begin to promote what is meritocratic and what is nation building. Yeah. And forget this thing of, of you know, we get excited by filling up a stadium like FNB for to listen to an artist sing. But if you go to the same township where they fill the stadium and you say, here's a seminar, I'm going to teach you how to set goals. If 20 people show up, you'll be mm. lucky. Mm. Well, th this is this is one of the sad things. I mean, you know, if, if I look at, at how people internationally and even in Africa, yeah. um, and I'm talking places like Zambia, Malawi, mm. consume 
online learning and yeah. learning and self-improvement yeah. and st- people will go without yeah. in order to get access to the knowledge because yeah. knowledge is power. South Absolutely. Africa, you know, uh, is the government going to give it to me? No, nah, okay, yeah. well, no, nah, I'm not yeah. interested. And it's not up to the government. It's up to no, us. No. Because, you know, ultimately, all of us, we're going to leave a legacy behind. And the question that we've got to constantly ask ourselves every day what kind of legacy are we going to leave behind? Are we going to leave a legacy of ashes? Are we going to leave a powerful foundation through which our great-grandchildren can march on and build even better society? But the way things are going, I don't see us doing something profoundly powerful that can bring this nation together and say, guys, let's build. Let's stop thinking. Let's stop consuming and let's start producing. Just got a message in here. It says, your guest is brilliant. He's saying what I've been thinking. Wow. But I <laughs> think this is much, the problem, yeah. and I've always uh, maintained this in our country, is, yeah. you know, with, with all of the trouble and the turmoil, you can't pretend it never happened. It yeah, did. It, did, it yeah. was disgusting. It was horrible. And unless you were on the receiving end of it, you mm. can never totally understand. Absolutely, so yeah. you also can't just go, well, get over it. Yeah. Okay. But, but let's be honest, okay? Things changed yeah. um, a good few years ago. Yeah. So, you know... Mm, we need to be able to be free to say what we think. And I believe Absolutely. we have what I'd like to call the silent majority in yeah. this country. Yeah. And it's those people I like to speak to and say, guys, yeah. we all think the same thing. We're not let's radicals. We're not. Let's so start doing. Let's start talking. Let's start yeah. doing it. Yeah. Because if enough of us put up our hands and say, hey, we're not okay with this, yeah. then we can affect change. Absolutely. But unless we start. So. Um, kudos to you. I like this man's. Oh, there we go. Another one. I like this man's way of thinking. So that's thank you. Thank magnificent. You very much. Appreciate it, yeah. But Billy's not the only one that thinks like this. And this is the thing I'm trying to get across here yeah. is that we've got so many people like this. And this is the reason I love sharing these kind of stories yeah. because it, it kind of makes you feel proud. Absolutely. And that's what we need. We Absolutely. need <laughs> somebody else who's saying Billy for president. <laughs> Have you got no. any more political aspirations, <laughs> Billy? <laughs> well, I, I, I always <laughs> joke about it. So probably I'll be the first uh, president who's, who doesn't belong to a political party, become the first independent. I never know. <laughs> That's because I think we don't need a political president anymore. We need a developmental and transformational president. Can you imagine having somebody like that that is not a politician? Yes. I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Guest is 100% correct about the. Yes, okay. <laughs> Public is stupid as well. Yes, okay. <laughs> We've stirred up a rat. Oh, man, yeah. But you know what? This is the thing. Is it, why? Why have we become a country where we're scared to say what we think? Why is it always divisive? Why does it always have to go back to political? Yeah. We are human beings. No, but we've given politicians too much power. Yeah, I think we have. We have. And, 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 and I don't understand how, you know, it's like you hire somebody to come and work for you in your company, but you give them so much power that they can decide how much they get paid. They can decide when they need to come to work. They can decide how long they must take a break. It doesn't work that way. If you pay them, you tell them this is what you need to do to earn that money. We pay their salaries. For crying out loud. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at this now. Billy, you're causing a sensation out there. <laughs> uh, I love your guests. Talking the truth on so many levels. We'd love to have a drink with him sometime. Uh, a man with vision. Thank you for the show. Awesome content. Uh, I hope... Uh, uh, what, oh, he's looking for the name of your guest. Uh, G- Shane, okay, so it's Billy Silicone. 
Um, I don't know. Are you on Twitter, Billy? I'm everywhere, yes, yeah. So look up, uh, just look up Billy Selekani. Yeah. Uh, also, hey, you can always visit uh, my website, What's Involved, which is mm-hmm. W-A-T-T-S-I-N-V-O-L-V-E-D, whatsinvolved.co.za. Uh, ask me any questions. I can give you contact details. We've yeah. got all the audios there. Um, I'm sure Billy would love to hear from you. Um, and yeah, the, the, the comments just coming in. This is a brilliant talk, says somebody. So Thank thanks, you very Billy. Much. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, this is the reason I want people to come in here and listen, and this is what we do. Absolutely. And yes, sometimes we walk a little close to the line, but free thinking is what it's all it's about. It's important. We've got to call it what it is, otherwise it's never going to change. Mm. Yeah. We're, out, we're running out of time again. Um, so let me ask you this, though. What is the way forward? What's next for Billy? I mean, you've already got a couple President. of votes here. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a couple of votes. So, so, you know, that's not a bad thing. What's next for me? And I think I've been thinking very hard about how I can truly impact this country, you know. And, and I'm in that space in my life where everywhere I go and I share my thoughts with people, it says, you've got to go out there and make things happen. So I don't know what it is. I don't know how it's in what shape and format it's going to take. But I think I'm in that time in my life where I need to be at the forefront of a movement for change in this country. Mm. I, ne- I need to be to get other men and women who think like me and I'm gonna, I need to tell them, let's, let's roll our sleeves. It's nothing political. It's about South Africa. You know what? I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be there. I, I, right now, on air, in front of all of these people, yeah. I will offer you whatever help and support I can cool. do. Cool, thank you, thank you. So, so let's do it. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got you've got a, an, an ex uh, uh, VIP protection officer <laughs> and a DJ. I mean, we couldn't be further from Absolutely. politicians. So, so let's do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think that's brilliant. And 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 you know what I like about uh, when I do chat to you about this kind of stuff is you go. I don't know what it looks like. I know that there is a thing. Yeah. I don't know what form the thing is yeah. going to take, but it needs to be done. Yeah. And I think this is a message for a lot of people is you don't always have to know where to start. It's yeah. something I find myself tripping myself up with all the time. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't start this because I don't know where to start. Yeah. There is no way. Start. We just start. We just, we just need to start. Just, and, just you know, do it yeah. and, have, and have faith. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and trust the process, you know. But if you're doing it from a good space, if you're doing it from authenticity and you're doing it from love, that the universe is going to conspire and make sure that things work for you. And and that's what I feel. Mm. That's I feel I, I'm, I'm moving towards that. Like I'm saying, I'm moving towards, you know, this space where I truly will will give of myself to this country mm-hmm. and say, use me in any way positive to make sure that we lay a great foundation for our children. You know, on the 27th, I'm spending time in local prison with prisoners telling them that you can change your life, you can transform. You can go out here and never come back, you know. So, yes. So, this thing is starting. We did, we did something. It struck me now. We did, I did something with a, with a friend of mine and a mentor um, a good few years ago with one of the insurance companies. Uh, the guy's name is David Patient. He's passed away now. One of the longest surviving people in the world with HIV. Mm. And uh, one of the insurance companies that sponsored us to go and do talks at the, yeah. at the various schools in the townships. And yeah. it was nice because it wasn't just township, you know, go and yeah. help the poor kids in the yeah. town. It was a crowd. Do you know what came up with when we were talking to these kids and, and finding out is the one thing they're going, you're sitting here talking to us about HIV. You're telling me about something that might kill me in 15 years when I could get killed crossing the road tomorrow. Wow. Why are you bothering with this? And we realized after we compiled all the research, a lot of these kids did not have a compelling vision of the future. So yeah. they didn't care. Yeah. And I think 
this is something in our country we do not have yes, yeah. as a country a compelling vision yeah. of what our future of South Africa. Yeah. And okay. I think we need to do that. Um, oh, okay. Somebody says, Billy, you mentioned three books um, that you found value in. Uh, could you please repeat those? Well, those words? are my books that I'm publishing, but the three books that I found valuable, it's uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Yes. Uh, the Power of Positive Thinking, uh, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, and uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. Yes. Yeah. I, I recommend all of those. Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. So, um, again, if you... <coughs> If you need to know anything, yeah. David at whatsinvolved.co.za. I'll give you the names of those books if you missed it. Yeah. Uh, just drop me a line. Also, please, while we're talking about this, uh, if there's anybody specifically you'd like on the show, anything you'd like to know about, and, mm. and there's so many things. Somebody said to me, what's happening with uh, all of these changes and everything, and there's, there's all sorts of things coming in, and they're hearing that people in Silicon Valley are taking microdoses of psilocybin. Um, took me a while to figure out what it was, but I did. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. I'm happy mm. to talk about all sorts of stuff if it impacts our lives. So let me know. Drop me an email. You can let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you so that I can get you some great uh, great guests. Billy, it's, uh, it's that time. Um, before you go, though, if there mm. was a piece of advice that you would give to somebody that is listening now, um, what, what, what advice would you give to somebody? I would say... Search for your purpose. Find out your why. You know, why are you here? Why mm. are you a male or a female, a black or a colored or an Indian? Why are you here? You know, once you find out the why, the how is going to become easy. Because too many people chase things. So too many people destroy and sell their dreams for an installment of an expensive car, trying to impress people that they don't even like. So yeah. go to the bottom of it and find out why you're here. Once you know why you're here, the how is going to become easier because ultimately when we pass over to the other life you're not going to be measured by how many cars you've had and how big your house was no, how you're not going about to take any no, of that with you absolutely it's about how many people's lives did you touch and transform and all of us do this differently others cook a meal others sing a song others will paint a painting others will design a house find your why and contribute positively to the growth of this beautiful nation and the world. Billy, thank you so much. It's it was a, a fantastic experience having you with us. I want to bring you back again. Yeah. Um, and maybe the next time we, you come back, we're going to be talking about this movement, which yes, has been sparked yes, from yeah. a simple radio interview. Absolutely. Anything is Absolutely. We possible. live in a world of possibilities, yeah. Very well. Thank you, Billy Selikane. Um, uh, you can get hold of him at billyselikane.com. Yeah. Okay, so it's B-I-L-L-Y-S-E-L-E-K-A-N-E, BillySelecone.com. Again, I will give you uh, whatever assistance I can. And again, thank you, Billy. It's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege. Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it. Thanks to your listeners. Yeah, and uh, there is some bad news. I, didn't have a, I don't have a second guest for tonight. And uh, yeah, we've got to play some pre-recorded stuff. But next week, we'll be back with some more fascinating guests.